Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Sports podcast. For uh, those watching live, notice anything new? Will got a haircut, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Will. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because you did. I you did, actually I did. did. I did this morning. Yep. And that's and that's it. By that's that's our announcement uh for this week. On with the show. <laughs> um no, I'm just kidding. So yes. See, I do it. Yeah, I do it, Justin. Yeah. I do it. I fucking so, do it. We purposely did not put the announcement in the show notes, so sorry guys. That is correct. You'll have to you'll have to stay tuned. I have some magic. I'll we'll um, have to wait and see. Oh my god. Uh, guys, we're live. We're side by side. Um, Will thought that we should do this and I'm like, that's a good idea. We should do this. So we did this. That is, that is that. Oh my God. Oh, (laughs) 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 fucking Autobots. Like, nah, you can't use bitches in this chat. (laughs) Oh my God. Maddie said you did it. And now it is done. It is done. We're, this is it. This is, this is it. Um, um, side by side is much better and doesn't kill your neck says night Fox. Yes. And this also gives us a better opportunity to, to act like we're looking directly at you. Yeah. Um, to have more of kind of like a conversation, I guess you could say, because yeah. we have, we have chat up on a screen in front of us as well. So we can be able to easily see that we can directly talk to you guys. I can, I can easily just turn this way ever so slightly and talk directly to will if I need to. Yeah. The original idea for the table to be vertical, I guess you could say. Towards you guys was that Josh and I used to sit across from each other when we did the original podcast and to see each other's reactions was awesome. But now that we have the screen and all this, it, this just works much better. Absolutely. Um, no, Justin. You should have said yes. That was, that was the whole point is that this was supposed to be the announcement and we were going to leave. Like that was it. Okay. Um, well, you know, let's kick, let's kick things off for those who are listening to the audio version of the show. This whole intro is going to be weird to you. So I apologize. Go watch the VOD at some point in time. You'll get it. There's a reason why we did it the way we did. And that's that. Um, but let's kick off the show proper. Let's are we rewinding to the <laughs> Sick and tired of hearing all these... Spe- okay, I'm just kidding. So, DMCA, please don't. Um, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo eSports podcast. This is episode 168. We're one episode away, Will. One away from nice. For the week of February 28th, 2021. My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man... In the new haircut, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you doing <laughs> on this Sunday afternoon? I'm, I'm good, man. Got up uh, earlier than normal. Got ready for the show. Got the haircut. Feels good. Feel, you look good. Feel, you feel, feel good. good. Yeah, you know? Yeah! Yeah! Fuck yeah! You know what else feels good, Will? What's that? What's coming up on this week's episode of yeah, the show? Do yeah. you want to know what's going on? Yeah, let, let the people at home know as well. We're going to kick off the show with some major podcast announcements. Okay. Th- th- that's it. We're, we're also going to have a deeper dive into the designing of the Halo Esports ecosystem. 
tournament announcements and recaps. Our HCS Halo 5 Pro Series Season 3 Championship number one for North America predictions will... The next MCC flight kicks off, a deeper dive in the development of Halo Infinite, the CDL Super Week results, even though there's some matches today, Yep. a look into the future of Destiny, and we talk about some video games to round out the show. That other bungo game. Um, Justin said he's wearing a Podcast Evolve shirt. It's a sweatshirt, but that's besides the point. And this feels like an inside Xbox. I'm looking in the background for clues. <laughs> like like fucking uh, Phil Spencer, when he, when, he, when he does like his things and you see like things from different studios behind him. People were talking about how in a recent video of his, uh, there's a Hideo Kojima statue behind oh, yeah. him. And we're like, what the fuck is it good? Is that stranding going to come to Xbox? Like who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But before we get into any of that, and before Will even touches any buttons whatsoever, let's get into some announcements. And I have an envelope. I have an envelope with announcements. What's written on the Starbucks cup? Oh, by the way, we're, this episode is not brought to you by Starbucks. We are not, we are not sponsored by Starbucks. Or uh, who makes these bubbler things? But they're so good. Who yeah, does yeah. make those? I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. Josh has, uh, well, Josh gets the information out of the envelope here. Uh, all it says it's from the makers of Clarburn. Clarburn? I don't fucking know what that uh, is. Anyway, these things are delicious. You should try them if you haven't. Oh, man. Justin says an envelope. Yes. And Vicky says, I wish that we were sponsored by Starbucks. Yeah, you know, free spark, free coffee, amazing. man. Be good shit. Uh, Sasquatch says, I thought it was a clue. It's not. We could have made it a clue. We should have put more effort into the, the actual live show version. Wait, do you, are you not satisfied with my fucking envelope? With clues, man. I'm talking about with clues. I, you know what though? I, I do need Fuck to. Fuck it. I love the gifts that you put. I do need to explain in some the of discord. them. Oh, wait, do you want to explain them after we say what well, the announcement is? Okay, okay. Oh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if you want to lead into it or not. Shit. Jordan says, what's in the envelope? Okay. I don't know. It's paper. What are you doing? My freaking laptop is freaking out. I literally click into our Google Doc and it like shoots down to page 14. It's done it twice now. Is there a... Oh, wait. Page 14, guys. Go open up the Google Doc. Go to page 14 no, in the show notes. Maybe there's a there. clue there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's not. Um, Bubbler is just their own brand. I think I Googled it, says Vicky. Okay. Okay. So Jordan says, okay, guys, we know there is paper in the, um, in the envelope, but it, but <laughs> is there, that's the real question. What is there? Oh, you're looking at the discord right now. I'm looking right at now? the discord everyone. Uh, yes. Jesus Christ. So we do have some news. Will, without further ado, before I even read the two Two announcements we have. Could you give us a drum roll, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Does it make you feel better? And you know, it's not crumpled, but it, it, fuck it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our first announcement is i don't know what he put for the first one no you know what that's oh, what we're okay. about to talk oh, about i thought, I thought I, well what you this, said there's that's, two that's the second one. Oh, yeah i didn't know we were talking about that today i mean i just wanted to give people a taste you know there's nothing on the paper we're still <laughs> <laughs> we're still we're still locking down the dates for things but like the, the first announcements the like the 
here we go. All the, right. the, it's a bill. Yeah, we're uh, we're charging you guys rent for being here now. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> if you don't subscribe, you're banned. I'll wait. All right. Pro talk taxes are due. That's right. That's right. Tax appointments on April 15th, which is tax day, which means fucking hurry oh, up. Shit. There it is. There it is. Hey, Let's go. No, Jordan. Let's Come go. On. Let's go. Jordan with the five gifted subs. Holy shit. I was joking, but goddamn. Jordan, <laughs> thank you for the gifted subs to Will. I got one. <laughs> to Justin, to Vicky, to Coffee Tarts, which is a great name, that and to Manny Rums. Ladies and gentlemen, Perfect. make sure you thank Jordan for the gifted subs. Thank you so Thanks, much, Jordan. Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are not banned. Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will. I've, I've prolonged this yes, long let's, enough. Let's, let's get, get into, into the it. Let's get into it. Will you please? I, I'm sorry to ask you this one more time. Can you roll? give me another drum roll? All right. Here it is. <laughs> oh, I didn't change the speakers back to... Uh, yeah, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, get on with it, guys. All right, fuck. The first announcement does have to do with fucking Will's sweatshirt. He bought a sweatshirt. That's it. I'm just kidding. Our first announcement is HCS Pro Talk enters partnership with Podcast Evolved. We're doing it, baby. There you go. Would you like to write? I'm reading it. I'm going to okay. read the suspense. I want to see the people's reaction. It's the suspense, Will. Fuck! Oh. Oh. We are excited to announce that HCS Pro Talk has teamed up with the Podcast Evolved crew. If you're unaware of Podcast Evolved, please go check out their website, halopodcast.com, where you can find links to their awesome shows, including Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Builds with Blocks, and Halo Book Club, as well as many other things. So... I'll just be frank with everybody. Will wrote this statement. Yeah. I wanted to add some spice to it. I'm sure you did. So, I didn't type this out. Okay. But my spice is... Do you like, do you like lore? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't like lore? Do you like... Mega blocks? Will, who the fuck doesn't like mega blocks? Do you like books? Books are good. Well, who the fuck doesn't like books? And now, Will. Yep. Do you like HCS? Of course. Who the fuck doesn't like HCS? <laughs> now it's all under one umbrella, we'll call it. Sure. It's a partnership. Partnership. It's a partnership. If you're interested in more Halo news, content, especially on the lore side, since we are a competitive podcast over here and a great collection of podcasts to listen to, please go check them out. We hope you're as excited as we are. We hope to be able to bring more content, cross collabs and other fun things in the future between the two shows. Speaking of which, we're not going to give away any real details yet, but we have a couple things in the works for our first collaborative efforts. So, um, Stay tuned for that. This is when, 
when Ian and the podcast evolved crew reached out, the immediate reaction was this, like we, we met Colin in real life at outpost Chicago. Yes. And the funny part is that he lives in Minnesota and we had no idea until we talked to him face to face. And when Ian reached out to us, like we had already been paying attention to the podcast evolve guys. And we know that we know that a lot of the, um, a lot of the folks in our discord and whatnot are interested in the lore side of things as well. And so that, that's why the name of this episode, that's why something that I've been trying to think of is like bridging the gap between both communities. Right. So we have, we have the lore side with the podcast evolve crew, and then we have the competitive side with us. And the, one of the points of this partnership is to try to bridge that gap between the two to make it so things are easily understandable on both sides and just bring together everybody that just loves Halo. So that is what, that was our first announcement. We are partnering up with Podcast Evolved. And uh, if you tune into their live show today, I believe they're going to be talking about that as well. So speaking of which, they're going to have a live show today. Our second announcement! <laughs> For the show. And I'm not going to lie, Will. I kind of, I gave this one away earlier. A little bit? A little bit. Oh, well. Just, just in a group chat, not, not like on an official capacity. Okay. I'm calling this March interview madness. You know, like March madness? Yeah, yeah. The basketball, the basketball thing? Shit. You know, <laughs> the basketball shit. March interview madness. Here's the, here's the statement for this that I typed up. HCS Pro Talk is uh, working to schedule weekly interviews beginning in March with personalities from all over the Halo space. Lanky Sasquatch says littering. You're not my mom. <laughs> March will consist of four potential interviews with the following incredible individuals. What we have lined up include... Martin Ohms, a.k.a. Voodoo Man, a.k.a. one of the greatest guys on the planet. We have Why Not Be Reckless, a.k.a. Why Not Be Casting. We have Shyway. And last but certainly not least, we have Louis V. Titan of LVT Productions fame as well. I'm going to litter again because fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the two announcements that we have to kick off this week's show. And I swear to God, if any of you fucking leave, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, but seriously, couldn't be more excited to work with the Podcast Evolve crew. Love what they do over on that side. And like I said, we know that there are a lot of folks that have strictly paid attention to the lore side of things and then maybe have found out, found out about our show and now we're getting more interested in the competitive side. We want to help out the other side as well, where people who are just coming over here for the competitive aspect can go over there and also stick with us and learn more about the lore side of things as well. Just broaden the knowledge, broaden the scope, and have a good time. It'll be fun. Justin says, well, we got the announcements. Ever want to dip and go play some video games? JK. I'm surprised you did put it in the beginning and not towards the end. Well, I was, I, I you know, I was, <laughs> I was going to bring it up and then I didn't. 
Okay. Because I thought you I thought you looked at the show notes he didn't say anything, so I'm like, okay, I guess we're yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't care either way. Okay. Well, I mean, like, the, the fact that you were wearing, because I also was wondering if you were going to, like, wear something over the sweatshirt and then, like, rip a shirt off and then, boom, there you go. But the fact you're just wearing it, I'm like, okay, I, we'll just do, we'll just fucking wing it. We'll get in there. You'll fucking raw dog it, you know? <laughs> just. Yeah. Okay. We're making collaborative babies up in here. We're not here to talk about anatomy at HCS Pro Talk. No, we're, t- we're here to talk about some Halo shit. So, without further ado, Will, let's get into some competitive news. Europa Halo is looking for staff. This is by Europa Halo. Join Europa Halo. Now that we're back and settled into a new structure here at Europa Halo, we are very keen to hear from anyone who wants to join the Europa Halo staff and help us shape up for Infinite. In particular, we want to hear from content producers and social media managers. So go ahead and check them out. Um, Vicky asks, Josh, are you going to confirm uh, Eric's Discord theory that by a medical miracle, you yourself are pregnant? I am not. That would be something, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. And neither is Santana. So don't ask about that either. Next news story, blue team tournaments, providing more teases. This is by blue team tournaments. Get ready for the largest collaboration halo tournament ever. We are doubling our prize pool this year. Who else are we getting to join this project? Stay tuned. Again, this is about like project rainbow road. So I don't know what the fuck that is. Well, like Will said earlier, we'll have to wait and see. An eSports engine update. This is by Adam Apicella, right? Yeah. I always mispronounce it. We started 18 months ago with 22 of us. We now have hundreds of teammates around the world, bringing on the best and brightest for broadcast, production, competition, and ecosystem. Clarity of vision and focus is intoxicating as an operator. So congratulations to them. I'm excited to see what they do in Halo Infinite. But we're not done. Next up, a competitive conversation. This is by Snakebite and Unishek. Thank you, Will. Yeah, yeah. Snakebite on Twitter asks, all right, serious question. How many times has MCC and Halo 5 both been updated since 2016? I love all the work to MCC because it makes the game actually playable, but wow, did they just decide to give up on Halo 5 or what? Yudi replied with, hey, PJ, the pub team who works on MCC is a separate team that works with external partners to update the game. The larger game team focus, uh, the larger game team here focuses on one project at a time. At first, that was Halo 5. Then it was supporting Halo 5 for years, and now it's Halo Infinite. If we were to pull anyone to work on Halo 5, which is now five plus years old, that would mean taking them directly off of Halo Infinite. It's always a bummer when teams have to move on, but I believe that focusing on Infinite is the right call. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Snakebite replies with, I can both agree and disagree because I'm happy for the main focus to certainly be on infinite, but I can't say I understand the justification of working on a 13-year-old game and not a five-year-old game when there's an attempt to hold prize money on both. And if I'm being honest, the Halo 5 project has just felt given up on since 2017, given the game has been borderline unplayable since that time. In Halo 3, the hit registration gets fixed, which I'm thankful because the game is now fun, but no fix on heavy aim on Halo 5 for five years? Uni replies with, 
I totally get that point of view, though I'd say unplayable is a bit of an exaggeration. As for the shift in support, the team has simply needed to focus on infinite, and still does, which is why Halo, 4, uh, Halo 5 Jesus Christ, support stopped. Each of our teams can only focus on so much at once. This happens with every project, at every team, at every studio. Eventually, they need to look forward. Our larger team had to make this call when shifting from Halo 4 to Halo 5, and again from Halo 5 to Infinite. It's also happened to the pub team multiple times over the year as well. The pub team eventually had to shift their focus from MCC to Halo Wars 2. Then, after launching Halo Wars 2 and giving it post-launch support, they then shifted focus to MCC PC. It's a natural part of game, or any product, development cycle. Priorities change, and so does the work. I wouldn't disagree that in a perfect world we'd be adding content to all of our games all the time, but that just isn't realistic. I feel much better knowing that we're only asking people to focus on one game at a time. Sorry for the long reply, but I hope this helps clarify. Snakebite replies with, I'll be 100%. I stopped reading after you said unplayable is an exaggeration because it confirms to me that probably no one in the office is actually even touching the game to understand how bad it is from day-to-day basis. Looking forward to Infinite, though. Circling back here, uh, number one and number four was forced because it was reply. It's what I replied to. I think it's unrealistic to fix the games you have released. Uh, to think it's unreal. Jesus Christ. To think it is unrealistic to fix the games you have released is amazing to me. I'm not even suggested it should be done right now. Just amazing with all the MCC work. People don't see the issue. Will, do you, do you feel as though, do, do you feel any of that heavy aim stuff? Yeah. Okay. I still do. Okay. Do you feel that the game is borderline unplayable with heavy aim? Just your opinion. Mm, it makes, like, it just makes close encounters very difficult. Because I have been stuck in situations where I'm trying to move my reticle and it just doesn't go because of heavy aim and the other right. person's flying around and shooting me. Right. So um, <clears throat> it's tough because Snakebite's talking from a top competitive standpoint, right? Which yes. is not the, from his experience, it might be unplayable because that split second kill. Life or death. Life or death right there mm-hmm. could mean the difference between a $5,000 and $1,000 prize. Where for us, it's, you know, oh, well, you know, just move on to the next game. So, right. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say unplayable, but I, I get where he's coming from. And I get the same thing. Like, um, from, from Uni's side, the team moved on to infinite and it's two different, uh, it's a whole, whole different team working on MCC that right. has nothing to pull from their studio. You know what I right. mean? So for me as a H5 player, it does feel bad that there's no support for it really anymore. It's just rotational playlist right now. Mm-hmm. And that things aren't getting fixed that could have been fixed or should have been worked on. And, you know, uh, Snakebites even says, he's like, I'm not saying they need to be fixed right now. It's just the, the fact that all hope has been dropped on it. Right. And they've had five years to look into issues that they just haven't done. That's to me, that's kind of the more surprising part. Like, so Snakebite made a comment like, uh, you guys can still work on a game that's like 13, 15 years old, right? Yeah. But like you mentioned, there's a separate team working on that right now. And there's a, there's that team that's working to create the seasonal content and, and so on and so forth. There's nothing to say that once 
the seasons are done that they can't go back and address that situation where Snakebite says it doesn't need to be fixed right now. But what's shocking to me is that in the years of post content that they've done for Halo 5, they didn't take the time to fix Heavy Aim. And now, the my question is whether or not, like how deeply rooted into the infrastructure of Halo 5 is Heavy Aim? Like, would it be a situation where it could be patched out? Is there a situation where the game needed to be rebuilt from the ground up? Like, what well, the fuck was going on there? It's not present in Halo 5 comp or private matches. It's not there. So it's, And the game never truly had LAN. Yeah. So who knows? It's got um, to be netcode then, right? That's what it sounds like or something to, the, to that effect. Maddie says, I get what PJ is saying. They fixed MCC and continue to update it, but they won't fix Halo 5 and don't update it yet. They dump the most prize money into it. Agreed. Agreed. And like I said, it just it's surprising to me that in the in the five years of post-launch up uh, content, they didn't just, they didn't fix it. And also shot with the fucking seventh month resub. Thank you very much. Also, I didn't even fucking do this to Jordan, but woo! Oh, I'm not doing it. Okay, nope, I just did two. I just did two. One for Jordan's gifted subs and then one for shot. Thank you so much, man. Um, Yeah, it's just, it, it, it leaves kind of that poor taste in the mouth, right? Because we personally do enjoy playing Halo 5. And we, we also love watching competitive Halo 5. But when you have the top of the top and they're still complaining, and I'm not, I'm not saying complaining in a bad sense. Like, they're, they're voicing their concerns about something that should have been fixed from the get-go but just wasn't. And instead we got oddball in a completely borked state. Yeah. It gets removed and then comes back with in still not a great state. And you have rehashed maps with a different aesthetic. Like what, what was happening there? I, I'd love to get a deeper dive into like what happened after halo fives launch, like a behind the scenes thing. We won't, we won't ever get it more than likely, but like it just be, I think it'd be nice to have, but whatever. So here's, here's my, here's my overall question because they said, never say never in terms of like halo wars two. Right. Right. So here's my question. Do you think will chat listeners, whoever you may be, do you think that halo fives heavy aim will be patched out at some point in time? Is it going to be like Halo 3 where 13 down, years down the road it gets fixed? And it gets port to PC? Because <laughs> um, here's the thing. With Infinite, that's going to be a... That's a long-term plan to produce content. Did they updates. say 10-year plan for Infinite? So, yeah. yeah. Did they say that? I'm trying to remember. I don't know if that was just put out there or if they actually said it, but... Okay. Um, yeah, I don't see it being fixed because that team's going to continue to work on infinite content. Right. And so uh, Maddie, Justin, Shot, and, and Lanky say no, that it, it's not. <laughs> um, and how fucking sad is that? That just, again, it just makes me wonder what the fuck is going on there. Like, why, why, ha why wasn't it fixed in the five years after it launched? Why not? 
Um, Justin says Infinite will kill H5. MCC will still have the audience because it's classic Halo plus PC, but H5 will die. Maddie says, I don't think Halo 5 will be played in the future like Halo 3, so it uh, won't justify the time or the money. And he mm -hmm. says he agrees with Justin. So, okay, follow-up question, right? What if, again, this is all hypothetical, obviously. What if Halo 5 does get ported to PC? Because that's what people have been clamoring for. Well... That's the thing. Infinite's going to be on PC. And if, if they port H5 to PC, do they just try or somehow put it into MCC? Uh, I think that's the only way you sustain the player base because we still get games in H4, even though it's considered one of the worst Halo games. Right? Fucking heathens who think <laughs> H4 is terrible. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. So... I mean, if they got H5, it would give, like, people reason to go into that playlist every once in a while. True. True. And if you, depending upon if they include, like, a veto system ever, ever into MCC, I think putting H5 into MCC and just giving it the little life support it can have, you know, by just including it in the package. Um. Uh, Sasquatch says they'll fix it when they add it to MCC in many years to attempt to revive it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and then shot agreed with Maddie and Justin. Maddie says, unless infinite, unless infinite's multiplayer is trash and people go back to H five, then I don't see it happening. Um, and shot says I can see it happen only if Halo five becomes PC dominant. Yeah. And ju Justin says, we're only like a year away from everybody loving Halo five. So Justin says it's the cycle. Yes, you've it you've, is. you've yes. seen the picture. Yeah. So for those who don't know what Justin um, is referencing here, there's a there's like a Halo life cycle picture, like a graphic where like the, the hype intensifies and the game comes out and then like everybody hates it and or like everybody hates the old one. You, you go through the cycle, then eventually it comes around to, oh, you love the old one. You think it's the greatest thing ever. You couldn't imagine why people hated it. And then the cycle just continues. Um. Shot when people admit that they love Halo 4. Dude, I tell you, man. You know what I miss, though? Remember when everyone would reply, like, when everyone would see a Halo 4 tweet on Twitter and they'd reply at me? That doesn't happen anymore. Bring it back, people. Maybe we should bring it back. You guys are fucking slacking. Yo, what's <laughs> up, Silos? There he is. Hey. Slacking piece of shit. Um, I'm just kidding. So. The last competitive news story that we have this week is what's up, Josh. Welcome back as well. Nobody tweets about halo forces. Justin, Jesus Christ. Designing the halo esports e ecosystem. This is by Tashi. So I did not condense this article down because this is actually pretty short in comparison to the infinite article that released that I did condense. So in this month's blog, we're going to do a deep dive into tournament operators What's the role of tournament operators outside of the obvious running of tournaments? What are the types of tournament operators we'll be working with? How does HCS grassroots fit into the picture? Oh, I also didn't say that. I'm sorry. Thank you. You can unhighlight that. Thank you very much. The second to last news story that we have is make the move to double Elim. This is by many. So right before we started recording the show, uh, Druck went on Twitter and stated, don't know how HCS sees every pro tweet for double Elim, then makes only the open tournament double Elim and says a double Elim 16-team tournament takes too long, but a 64-team team one doesn't. Frosty replied with, 
it's because we're talking to bots. Only the higher-ups who control them have a say, and they're not seeing what's going on. Spartan replied with, Everything is going to be falling on deaf ears until Infinite comes out, and we can talk directly to Esports Engine without being ignored. And then Martin Ohms replied with, Thank you guys. Thank you for these tweets, guys. It's something I've been fighting for every week. Fingers crossed I can get a change to a double even bracket for this weekend. This weekend being the season championship for North America. So. The last esports news story that we have is the designing of the Halo esports ecosystem blog by Tashi. So the role of tournament operators and Silos asks, they're not playing double Elim. Nope. Nope. They haven't for the past two uh, pro tournaments that have taken place. It's been group play seeded into a single Elim bracket. Um, but the open tournaments with far more teams do have double Elim. And that's to determine the eight teams that are going into the pro bracket along with the other eight teams that had previously qualified. So, yes. Uh, Josh, we are partnering with another podcast group. We're partnering with another podcast group. What's up, Dave? Also, I never said this. Both Jordan and Dave are so, so Helios are here in the live show. So the role of tournament operators. Tournament operators, or TOs, are a critical part of any esports ecosystem, and Halo is no different. In Halo, we're taking a tiered, multi-pronged approach with the relationships and types of TOs that we work with in the ecosystem. The reason we're taking this approach overall, because it allows for long-term and sustainable partnerships in the ecosystem, as well as scalability on a global scale, so that we can better support the participating regions. This starts with official HCS events, which are fully funded by us. There's also a hybrid approach where we are jointly funding events with tournament operators, as well as the grassroots scene, uh, where we are there to support with promotion, prize pool, and more. Over the last few years, we've been experimenting with different business models at different times to learn and inform how we want to structure Halo Infinite's esports ecosystem. While the different models have been done in a more staggered way, Halo Infinite is when all the tournaments in this tiered system will be taking place at the same time. At a high level, TOs are the executional arm of both competition and broadcast, typically made up of tournament administrators and broadcast producers. Additionally, they are responsible for booking event venues, setting up the stage and event, and ultimately executing the event. Even for official HCS events, think, think HCS Invitational at South by Southwest. We hire tournament operators and spend months working with them closely on executing and delivering our vision. Oftentimes, the vision will start at a high level and then be molded and crystallized as both parties share ideas and collaborate, as well as make adjustments due to logistical hurdles that might arise. We prefer to work with partners who can bring ideas and creativity to the table and are as passionate as we are delivering a great player, fan, and viewer experience. Esports Engine. To take this a step further, we created a role for Halo Infinite Esports called Global Management Partner. We knew that as a relatively small team, we would need support in solidifying and executing our vision for the Halo Esports ecosystem from a competition, broadcast, sponsorship, and so much more. That's where Esports Engine comes in. On top of that, we're excited to say that we've hired Esports Engine to be the main operating partner for official HCS events for Halo Infinite, as well 
as the Halo World Championship. We stated in the past, also, Will, you can leave the door open because it's getting a little toasty in here, as I bet you can imagine. Um, We stated in the past that we see Halo Infinite Esports as a continuation of 2018 programming and events, and this is the same core team, plus more, who we worked with back then. Global operators. While the HCS team is based here in the United States, we do have a global vision in place for Halo Infinite Esports where we're looking to host competition for players in Europe, Latin America, Australia, and New Zealand to start. To help us operate in those regions, we've also been working to enlist the help of tournament operator partners local to those regions. Our vision is to find operators who who are able to partner alongside us in the local Halo community to grow the scene. Oftentimes in esports, tournament operators are running events on a game but have little to no support from the publisher and are often left to fend for themselves. As architects in the ecosystem, we want to work with tournament operators in a way that is sustainable long-term so they can see the return on their investment and increase their investment over time as the scene grows. Finally, it's important that TOs are investing alongside us and our players and ecosystem because it means that they're more incentivized and ultimately care more about the success of everything. This philosophy allows us to scale globally at the start of Halo Infinite's esports journey and sets the path for future expansion. HCS Grassroots. Like always, HCS Grassroots will continue to support uh, standard tournament operators, UGC Classic or Gamers Outreach are good examples, as well as community tournament operators, think Halo Australia, GT Halo, etc. For us... It's about supporting these existing partners who had already been operating before HCS Grassroots even existed, but also adding new partners into the ecosystem and working to ensure that each of them have opportunity to grow. Philosophy, uh, philosophically, we are still very much believed that these tournaments are great for the ecosystem and players, new and veteran alike, and in the future, they will supplement the main HCS league. Okay? So... HCS Grassroots part like partnered events will supplement the main HCS league. Ultimately, for some HCS Grassroots tournament organizers, not necessarily community TOs, deciding to invest in Halo is a business decision as well as one of passion. We've been talking to TOs and learning more about what it would take for them to run Halo tournaments not just at launch, but well beyond that as well. Our goal is to help lay the foundation for a long-term sustainable ecosystem. And we've also been learning about what things we can do to help in this area, while also keeping in mind the scenes on a regional level and what the player experience is. Our vision and aspiration is that players feel like there's always something to compete in, which would be a mix of official HCS tournaments, HCS grassroots tournaments, and other partner tournaments. This would also include a variety of formats and game settings and modes, which would help make up a bustling and varied tournament series. Finally, As an evolution of HCS Grassroots, certain events will be made eligible for sanctioning, which means they would adhere to the same game settings and rules as the official HCS League, as well as to give players the opportunity to earn HCS points that will help improve their seeding. So, Maddie, if you are still here, sir, you chimed in on Twitter and reached out, um, and I believe Tashi replied to you as well, in terms that, yes, like some of these grassroots tournaments that take place will allow you to earn points so on and so forth. So if you wanted to speak more about that in the chat, absolutely feel free to. 
Or if you would do me a favor, because that'd be awesome. If you want to link me the tweet and the reply, that'd be great. (laughs) And then I can read it on the show. And then closing at a high level, our aim is to have an ecosystem with a healthy group of tournament operators in the scene on a global level who have the ability to run tournaments on a consistent basis over the long term. If you'd like to learn more about the HTS grassroots program, you can read more and even apply at halo.gg forward slash grassroots. Finally, if you're a tournament platform interested in participating in the Halo esports ecosystem, you can feel free to reach out to me. That's Tashi on Twitter. As always, interested to hear what uh, what folks think, so feel free to send any comments on Twitter as well. And then Maddie did provide the tweet, so I'm going to open that real quick. So Maddie asks, so will HTS points be rewarded regularly, and are the select grassroots tournaments that award HTS points like a way to earn bonus points? Tashi replied with, yeah, that's a good way to look at the balance, and we're trying to hit. I'd also say that for people who maybe first start competing in HTS grassroots tournaments, this will be a way for them to dip their toes in, earn their first points, and see if they want to go for more. So there you go. And Will, that's it for the competitive news. Your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Maddie Rums in the chat, still with no merch. NoobCombo.com. Go to NoobCombo.com for all your Halo esports needs. Except that merch. Sunday, February 28th. That's today. Airborne Vanessa's Halo 5 2v2 tournament. Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4. And the HTS Halo 3 MCC Pro Series 4v4. On Saturday, March 6th. The SWAT Nation Spring Bloom Halo Reach SWAT 4v4 and the HTS Halo 5 Pro Series Season 3 Championship number 1 for North America. And then on Sunday, March 7th, the LFTG Halo 5 $1,000 2v2 Qualifier number 2, another Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4, and another HTS Halo 3 MCC Pro Series 4v4. And that's it for your upcoming turns of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Come. Well, did you know that you can check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo esports needs except merch. Yet. Josh asks, HTS Pro Talk cross Noob Combo merch collab when? I mean, I don't know if that'll ever happen, Josh, because we'd be the ones that have to create it put it on the platform, and then sell it because Maddie ain't fucking doing shit. I'm just kidding. Maddie's got shit brewing, you know? Yeah. I thought our announcements were cool. Just wait. Just wait. Maddie's Maddie's got shit going on in the background that nobody knows about. Not even I know about. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. He's going to become a a Valorant esports website. Sure. Spoiler alert. Will. That's all we got for the upcoming tournaments. What do we typically have next? Roster Mania. Um, This is where we usually have Roster Mania, but there's nothing there. So we'll just uh, scoot on over to the tournament and league recaps. 
of the week presented by us. No, wait. Yeah, by us. I thought, I thought you were going to go. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. <laughs> I tricked you. You did. You got me. You got me. Although you can find results over at noobcombo.com, where I steal some of the graphics from every week. <clears throat> Tournament league recaps. All right. SWAT Nation, SWAT and Time Part 2 results. In fourth place, we had Premium BR. It was Minx and Gold Star BR. Third went to Lovers, Shy Away, and I Spar. Second went to Sabinati, which was Miss Audience Sabinator. That's a great name. And then um, first went to CE, taking home 250 bucks, which was Command Station and Envoy. Sabinati. I like that. I don't know if that's top tier quality, but I like that. Just rolls off the tongue. Go ahead, Will. Um, moving on to the... There we go. <laughs> Halo 2 Real Ones Project Cartographer Draft 4 before Super Bowl. Super! Super Bowl. Yes. Super Bowl! And fourth was Team MCC. It was Havoc, Afro Man, Natural, and Mook. And third went to Ambush, Gunshot, uh, Moniz, Creepy Trash, and Not Fear Evil. Second went to Perfect Storm, which included Stormy, It's Crazy, MVC, and Rye Bread. And first went to Kinder Surprise, Sparks, Doherty, um, I Predator Less, and Hero. Uh, Jordan said, and this is where I would put Roster Mania, if we had rosters, and I smiled at him, and he noticed it. And he said, thanks for the smile, Josh. You're welcome, Jordan. I love you. All right. Next tournament here, the LFTG Halo 5 1K 2v2 qualifier. And fourth, or third fourth, is I don't need it. I don't need it! It's Bacon Bade and Aziraphel. <laughs> Thanks for that. That was perfect. That's but exactly what I was going for. I know, and the best part is, is that like we've made SpongeBob references in the past. Oh my god, I fucking... The old Spongebob episodes are the absolute best. Oh yeah. Next team in third, fourth was uh, FNI. It was Juan MC and Running JM. Second went to Matrix, uh, Peng and Thin. And first went to Fung 4, Druck and Soul Snipe. Haven't had that name pop up in a while. Fung 4, yeah, they're back in it. Moving on to the HCS Halo 3 MCC Pro Series results. In fourth place, we had 3KV. Jesus, Cleanup, Obnoxious, and Wise Winds. Third went to Flyers, Elamite Commonly, Hunter JJX, and Straight Sick. Second went to the Green Cats, Shaylay, Gilkey, Rain, and Ryan Noob. And first went to H3 Team again. What do you know? Snakebite, Lethal, Royal 2, and APG at the top. Who would have fucking guessed that was going to happen? All right. We did have Hydra Gaming, Halo 5 Co-Ed 2v2 Tournament. In third, fourth, we had Genfrey, which was Lady Akinna and Anfernee. Third went to uh, Anime Demons. It was Queen and Scariotic. Second went to Besties, Divine Damsel, and Soul Snipe. First went to Sabinati, Audi, and Sabinator. Hell yeah. Next up, Yodesla's Halo Wars 2 four-year anniversary tournament. Uh, in fourth place, we had EOD Spartan Seb. Third went to L Heck 1-0. Um, second went to Diverse V1. And first went to Rock Generation. And you know who I think took fifth? On the Rente 99? I, I believe so. I believe so. We, we usually go through the top four placings, though, so I didn't include it. But, yeah, oh, the, the bracket is there. You can go ahead and check that out. Just just cool to see 
that even though Halo Wars 2 no longer is getting post-launch support, I mean, it's awesome to see that the tournaments are still taking place. It's fucking awesome. So, nice. All right, moving on. Penn Halo, Halo 3, 2v2 results. In fourth place, we had, um, is that Abagotes? Uh, I'm going to go with Cutie and Aperture. Works for me. Third went to On My X. It was Hunter, JJX, and Straight Sick. Second went to Stainers, Lethal, and Gilkey. And first went to Forgetful Hummingbirds, Nico and Bob the Demigod. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, next up, last one. So, Oh, no, no, no. There's more down here. Just a Jesus. few more. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Louis V. Titans, Money Tuesdays results. On the undercard, we had Drucken Soul Snipe versus Frosty and Vemzy. Uh, game one was on Truth. I believe you watched the series, right, Josh? This was in fucking sane. What happened? Read the results and then I'll yeah, explain. Yeah. Game one was Truth. Drucken Soul Snipe take it 25 to 24. Game two, Plaza, Frosty and Vemzy take it 25 to 6. Holy shit. Yeah, kind of a little bit of a beating there. Game three on regret, Drucken Soul Snipe, 25-24. And game four was on truth. Again, another 25-24 series, one kill going to Drucken Soul Snipe. So Drucken Soul Snipe win the undercard three to one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every game they won, it was 25 to 24. Every game they won, it was a comeback win. That's crazy. Every single one of them. It was fucking insane. Like, if you go back, guys, I include the VOD in the show notes. For the love of God, please go watch that the, the entire stream, obviously. But, like, that undercard, wowzers. Oh, my God. It was, it was on the edge of your seat competition the entire series. Like, you're literally watching, you think what's going to be, oh, Frosty and Vemzy got it, right? Yeah. And then kills start going the other way, and then they come back, and then they have the lead, and then they win right at the end. Oh, my God. And those three games, almost in a row. Holy fuck. What a great... One of the best series of Halo I think I've ever watched. And that's saying a lot. Take it away, Will. All right. And the main event was Bound and Renegade versus Boobadoobo and Saiyan. Uh, game one was on Truth. Before you say the results, they had they had little interviews with uh, Booba Dubu and Saiyan before the main event took place, and they I think Booba Dubu was talking about how like there was no doubt in his mind that they were going to win it. Yep. So they still played all five games. It looks like it was the best of seven, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. Yes. There you go. You know, went to five games. And uh, game one was on truth. Bound and Renegade 25-23. Game two, Plaza, Bound and Renegade 25-23. Regret. Bound and Renegade 25-20. Game four was Booba Dubu Insane taking it 25-24. And it finished game five, Bound and Renegade 25-18. to So they, uh, yeah. Showed, they showed up to play. Yeah, Bound and Renegade ain't losing, man. It was insane. And then, so after the stream took place, uh, they, they were wondering who should they get for the next Money Tuesday event. Mm -hmm. And um, like they had an interview with Renegade and Bound after the fact. And Bound, I think, was muted the whole time. But uh, Renegade was talking on behalf of both of them. And 
they were throwing out like there was a couple I think there was one French player that they threw out there that'd be like he's an up and comer that like they could definitely see doing some work. Great player. Mm-hmm. Um and then they also talked about how it'd be really cool to get like a Spartan on there. It's about like a uh like a Spartan penguin, perhaps. Um they had teamed together on on Liquid sure. for a while. I know that. Uh two incredible players in their own right. So I just uh, these so the way yeah, so Maddie says, think he said legend and Sika. Yes, and they're they're phenomenal. So getting that broader, that broader exposure to other regions, yeah, especially in this type of format as well, is just incredible. Um, and then, like if you if you get a if you get a penguin and Spartan on there, like just trying to find a powerhouse well, duo that can take down Bound and Renegade. Why don't they do it where? Um I mean, say if they could technically have Druck and Soul Snipe move up so to, wit, to that, face. That was also talked about. Yeah. And it would be like a let's, if they get Penguin and Spartan to come in, they would go up against uh, Druck and Soul Snipe. And then whoever wins that would go on to face Bound and Renegade to give, um, to give Druck and Soul Snipe a chance, you know, instead of always being that undercard yeah. group. Yeah. So it's. It, It'd be cool, man. These Money Tuesdays events are phenomenal. And also, if you guys, I can't, I can't express this enough. Like, if you guys haven't watched a Louis, uh, an LVT production stream on L, on Louis V Titans channel, you're missing out on some of the best production Halo Esports has had in a very, very long time. It's, it's engaging. The commentators are fantastic. They break things down. Like they're adding different types of production to the streams as well. They're adding like rewindable replays and shit like that. It's just, it's absolutely insane. Please watch the streams when you can. They're, they're phenomenal. Go ahead. Will. all right. Yeah. Next up, we have the HDS Halo five pro series season three championship. Number one from EU and third and fourth. Uh, we'll start with uh, Royal Marines. It was shysty hollers, Marine and Mista. Then Corona vaccine speed, Tommy, the Krogan precisionite and Batchford. Uh, team coming in second place was the England, Germany, Italian, France squad, SLG, Kimbo, Mose, and Sniper on first. The ones who've been uh, dominating it the whole time was Cartel, Shady, Jimbo, Legend, and Sika. And I included here, they not only won the tournament, they won it going undefeated 15-0. and 0. Yeah. Holy shit. Crazy. They're... Man, they are just on another level. And that's, again, that's, again, why Maddie said that Renegade and, and uh, Bound were talking about Legend and Sika. They're they're phenomenal. They're playing out of their minds, and that team is clicking on all cylinders. So I'd love to see them in a Money Tuesday event. I'd love to see them a bunch of other events. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Halo 5 Pro Series Season 3 Championship for Latam. In third, fourth, uh, we had Team Rebel, Nugget, um, that dude we don't know how to say, Laylocks and Gambino, uh, and then Carnage, Black, Bullet, Guardian, Flies, Scepters, and Zarek. Second went to Fire and Ice, Magico, Wadim, or Johan, MC, Noble, and Running Jam. First place went to Pittsburgh Knights, Atso, Drift, Pool got and Tapping Buttons. So they took it home again. They did. And then the big one. Halo 5 Pro Series Pro Tournament number two. The big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I'm not going to list all the players, but in fifth through eighth here, we had Heart of the Cards, Baba Booey, Flyers, and Team Force. In third, fourth, we did have Inconceivable, Boo Boo Doo Boo, Bounce, and Falcated. Uh, third, fourth, Casey Pioneers, Talik, Druck, Manny, Soul Snipe. And then in second place was Cloud9, Stellar, Penguin, Eco, Trippy. First place went to Sentinels, Ro- Snakebite, Royal 2, Trippy, and Frosty. So, Our predictions were right. We got one. We got one. Because uh, practice was put in. There you go. And Cloud9 really showed up this time, too. Remember we talked about it last week. If, if Depending upon the teams that put in practice, we could see Cloud9 being near the top again or being at the top. It's it's exactly what we are talking about. They put some more work in. Sentinels obviously put more work in, too. Mm-hmm. And this brings it all back to why isn't there a double elimination bracket for this? Because that, that could have gone that distance. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it's it's just a great tournament all around. Yeah, a double elim could mean that, you know, KC would face off against Cloud Nine, and that KC might have had something to 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 pull back into the winners bracket to go against Sentinels. You never know. So you never know. All right, that does it for the tournament and league recaps. Thank you very much, Will. It's time for our topic of the week. It's more than likely going to be quick. Um, the HGS Halo 5 Pro Series Season 3 Championship number one for North America predictions. Well, I'll just read through the teams one more time, not not the rosters, but we have Sentinels, Cloud9, Casey Pioneers, Inconceivable, Heart of the Cards, Baba Booey, Flyers, and Team Force. They all qualified from this pro tournament that have taken place. Therefore, Will, let's... I don't know if the predictions would change but let's do two different scenarios. Single Elim as it stands right now and double Elim if it changes and Martin gets the way mm. that it's deserved. Sure. I don't know if it does change much for me other than I kind of see that last tournament being the, the stack rankings for me. Yep. Uh, Sentinels on top, KC and Cloud9 kind of in that 2-3 place depending on how they play that day. And the rest just kind of fall as they fall. Inconceivable, heart of the cards, Baba Booey, Flyers, and Team Force. So Agreed. I, I Like I said, this is going to be a short segment because I am in full agreement with you. There's, there's, I, I say it every, every time is that I can't bet against the set. I can't, I can't bet against Sentinels, especially if they put work in. If they don't, it can be basically anybody's game because we, we know what Cloud9 is capable of doing. And yeah. we know that KC Pioneers, if they can come out hot and maintain momentum, they are a force, no pun intended, about the other team to be reckoned with. They inconceivable. I don't know what it is, but they're just inconsistent. They're too inconsistent for me to to consider them to be a top one two placing. So I'm I'm fine with keeping them in the three three four spot, but inconceivable is the one team that I can look at and be like, I love all the players on the roster, but I can definitely see one of these fifth through eighth teams making a little bit of a splash and knocking them down a peg. They're the team I can see that happening to. But if KCP's on fire, they're not going to be anything out of top three. But yeah, inconceivable. If they're not on it, then I can see them being dropped out. So we'll have to wait and see. But do you think Sentinels are going to take it? Uh, I'd say so. Okay. I agree. Will, it's time for some regular news. 
Halo television show has switched platforms, Will. This is by Paramount Plus. Because Suit Up Spartans, produced by Showtime, Halo will premiere on Paramount Plus in 2022. So there you go. Uh, Halo Infinite received help from Gears Studio, the Coalition. This is by Game Informer. And this is obviously should come as no surprise, but I'm going to read this anyway. So a Microsoft spokesperson tells Game Informer, quote, As we've done in the past, the Coalition chipped in to help out with development on Halo Infinite on a temporary basis. It is fairly common for members of the various Xbox game studios to lend their expertise to games other teams are working on, much like how other members of uh, the 343 team have contributed to other Xbox game studios products through the years. This ability to share talent is one of the greatest strengths of the Xbox game studios, and we're grateful for all the individuals who have pitched in to make Halo Infinite the best game it can be, end quote. Again, not really a story there, but, you know, people were blowing things out of proportion. Like, oh, my God, this thing's in much worse shape than we thought. They have to bring in other studios. <laughs> oh, my God. No. So, fuck off. Next up. Hot Drops. It's my Grim Brother 1. New MCC armors that are in the flight right now, which is live, which we'll talk about in a second. The star of the show for the upcoming season will be a tribute to the members of Fireteam Raven. Players first encountered the Hell Jumping Quartet in the eponymous arcade game that saw you hot drop in the middle of the battle on Installation 04 to experience the events of Halo CE from an entirely new perspective. So these include ODST Tac, Demo, Calm, and Heavy. One particularly cool new detail coming to MCC Cosmetic Customization is the, is the addition of back attachment gear. And leading the way is some battle-tested equipment ready to augment your Spartan's available repertoire. Spoiler alert, there's no dogs, Will. Oh, you can't have a dog on your back like Fortnite. Damn, no no cool back bling. Nope, but there's a tactical pack, a demolitions pack, a communications pack, and an ammo pack. There'll probably be more, but there you go. And then in addition to the tactical gear pulled from the Helljumper ranks, you will also eventually be able to unlock some new prototype tech forged in Anvil Station Skunk Works departments. So, okay, these are glowing armors. Sweet. And they include Infiltrator. Uh, Nam de Gros. I don't know if I put the how to pronounce that. Hammerhead, Cos, and Lancer. And I actually think they look kind of cool. Not gonna lie. There's new MCC maps from Halo Online. These two include Waterfall and Edge. They're in the flight right now. And there's a new Halo novel. But wait, that's not all. We're also excited to announce a new Halo novel in the Halo universe. Halo Divine Wind by Troy Denning. Wrapped elegantly in this awesome cover by Benjamin Carr. Or Kara. Or Kara. I don't fucking know how you say his last name, but I apologize, Benjamin. And of course, you'll you'll hear more about it in the Podcast Evolved podcast that is happening live later today as well. So tune into that. The MCC development and flighting updates is by Postums. The flight is live! Big news coming up first. Flighting is kicked off for Ring 3 today. For those of you who are registered Halo Insiders, check your waypoint messages for all the necessary details to get in on the action. We invited every Halo Insider this time based on your platform preferences, so make sure to check those inboxes. If you just recently registered, you may have missed the cutoff for this flight, but hang tight as there are more coming this year. For this flight, there's a lot of content. It's all broken down in the flight overview, which will be linked to, into your messages here on Halo Waypoint. To make sure you're all caught up with the latest, be sure to give it a look to learn all about MCC's February flight. But the two big things included the custom game browser. On the development side, the long-awaited custom game browser is coming in a future update to our current flight, so long as the next week or so goes smoothly. 
With Custom Game Browser, we took time to listen to as much feedback as we could over the years of what players really wanted and brought in as much of what that core functionality as we could. This means allowing for games to be played on dedicated servers and allowing players to effectively create your own playlists. These are referred to in-game as variants, which allow you to create a custom selection of game modes and maps built with custom rotations and repeatable options. In other words, that sounds uh, like it'd be really cool for tournaments. Didn't even think about that. That's That sounds really fucking cool. We think players will be pleasantly surprised and quite happy with this tool's feature set when it's out in the wild. We are very excited to roll this out in, a, uh, in the flight to first for Halo Reach and build on it and expand it to more games over time. It's a very robust tool and over time will come online for all titles in MCC as you have to tinker with and customize it to play nice with all the various game engines and file types in each Halo uses. So if you're in this flight, please make sure to jump in and try it out. Help us figure out as much of these oddities or issues with this tool uh, at scale with a large audience. We can smooth out any wrinkles that may have before it's ready for prime time. So I think it's very important to say this again, that based off of this information, it's only coming to Halo Reach first. Not even in the flight, but in general. And then it'll be added to other games later. So... Maybe not for tournaments yet. And then finally, custom game team changing. With this flight, players will now be able to change teams while in-game during a custom game. This is a feature we're tracking to have functional across all games in MCC by the time Season 6 comes out, and are curious to see how players interact with it during the flight. Uh, so, there you go. Final news story that we have. The big one. And like I said, I condensed this down a lot. Inside Infinite. For February 2021, this is by 343 Industries. In today's Inside Infinite, we'll be discussing, and in some cases showing, our campaign's expansive world of Zeta Halo with help from members of the Halo Infinite team. Next month, we're looking forward to shining the spotlight on our audio team, and then in April, we'll sit down with our PC team and talk more about what you can expect when Halo Infinite lands this fall. April sounds like a pretty fucking good one. So bringing Zeta Halo to life. The question is, so far, our live and sandbox teams have shared insights into their vision and goals for the respective team's aspects of Halo Infinite. When you and your team set out to accomplish their tasks each day, are there any guiding principles? Justin Dinges, or Dings, or I forgot, I'm sorry for mispronouncing your last name, Justin states, as far as our artistic goals for the campaign goes, we have focused on two key themes, legacy and simplicity. When it comes to the visual experience we are building. For Legacy, we really want players to feel like they are experiencing a game that they remember fondly. Halo CE. But with modernized graphics, of course. As far as simplicity is concerned, we wanted to ensure that we steer away from overly noisy designs and details, which is a key takeaway from the team coming off of Halo 5. With Halo Infinite, we wanted to take this new adventure back to its roots and create a visually pleasing experience that doesn't overwhelm with unnecessary complexity or a readability and clear artistic composition prevail. This is our artistic interpretation of a beautiful world to exist within, rather than something that is purely grounded in photorealism. Both goals have to be have been a true challenge to balance, especially against the expectation of what it means to be a next-gen title. But through some incredible team collaboration, hard work, and community feedback, we are hoping to land something that everyone would really enjoy and appreciate. The next question I included is, we've talked a fair amount about Halo Infinite being a spiritual reboot. 
So what does that mean to you and your specific perspectives? Troy Mashburn states, the grapple shot is a great example of adding something new that also supercharges things you are already familiar with like clamber or melee. You are familiar with clambering up a double stack of crates, but the obstacles at infinite are larger and more organic. The grapple shot gives you the same fluid motion as clamber with a much greater range to get to more locations quickly. Also, if you're a fan of using melee like I am, you are going to love grappling towards enemies to land that powerful knockout blow. So satisfying. John Mulkey states, For Infinite, we're working to deliver on the promise of the original in ways that limitations of the time would not allow the team to fully explore. Zeta Halo invites exploration and discovery. The stories to be found, which is an audio clip featuring Halsey and Chief talking about Cortana, and player agency and how you utilize a robust sandbox of tools to overcome a mission or encounter. The reason why I included that statement is because they literally include a link to that audio clip, which is just an audio clip, but it's fascinating because like you get a little bit more of an insight as to this is the type of stuff that we're going to be dealing with, not just the banished, but also looking for Cortana. What's going to happen there a little bit like teasing that, you know? So I recommend you go check that out. What's your personal favorite aspect of this world and, or the experiences therein? Justin states, one of my favorite features in the game is our time of day lighting system that is active when you're playing the game. This has been one of, if not the largest graphical feature implemented into our engine over the past few years. It allows us to create artistic scenes and settings that have vastly different visual tones and moods, depending upon which time during the cycle you encounter something. So, Coming across a mysterious foreigner obelisk during the day may feel peaceful and serene, where at night it might feel much more ominous and threatening. It really adds some incredible dynamically driven visual variety throughout the experience where we were not able to have it before. And then there's a, there's a group of screenshots in there as well. Uh, keep in mind that all of these screenshots that they included are work in progress on PC. Yep. Okay. Um, but it really does look awesome. Story is going to be coming at the player from every angle. And it's safe to say Zeta Halo is, a, is as much a character in Halo Infinite as Chief, the pilot, or Eshram. I think that's how you say the main villain's name. How does the world and the word and the world team's work support the narrative experience? Justin states, most importantly, there's an epic visual story to be told of not only what recently happened to it but also one that implies its mysterious past and what implications it holds for the future. So from an artist's perspective, we've had two main goals with bringing Zeta to life. First, to visually show what is happening in current times with the violent occupation of the banished forces and how it has shaped the landscape of the ring. And second, to create mystery and intrigue around Zeta's past and ultimate purpose. Intertwining these two major story characteristics of Zeta has been an awesome and rewarding challenge. Players will not only experience the immediate story of Chief's reawakening to confront the Banished and Cortana, but if they look around, they might find glimpses of the future as well. How does the introduction of new equipment and traversal mechanics like the grapple shot factor into the creation of this environment? And how, how does it inform the foundation for encounters within the world? John states, The grapple shot is super fun in the traversal options it provides but it also allows for pulling weapons to you, pulling an explosive fusion coil to you that you can then throw out to take a shade turret, 
or grapple to and launch yourself into an enemy to land a powerful melee attack. Beyond the undeniable fun of the grapple shot, you can carry around another three pieces of equipment with their own unique roles and a utility that you can quickly swap between at any time. The combinatoric play you can create in this way opens an astounding number of play options and I cannot wait to see the YouTube videos people share showing off moves we never even imagined when developing them. You know what that reminds me of, Will? Hmm. The, like the Dark Souls, like use the D-pad to change the items that you have in a rotation. That's what that reminds me of. Unless, unless each one is tied to a D-pad button, which could be the case as well, but th- that's just what it reminds me of. The fact that you're able to hold another three pieces of equipment with their own unique roles and utility. And you can swap between them at any time. So that's cool. You don't have to just carry one and be done. Um, Josh says, dude, this game is sounding more and more fucking awesome. Agreed, but we haven't seen anything yet besides in-engine screenshots on PC. But I will say, Will, the, the visual change from that demo that we saw to now, again, we haven't seen gameplay now. Well, right. I, th- I think that's where the issue comes in, though, because... I mean, even when we got the gameplay demo, the screenshots during that looked fine. It was when you were playing the game and that textures, work like that. <laughs> textures were popping in and yeah. out, things like that. That were Yeah, that was concerning. But they've had plenty of time, so. Right, and they're, they're going to have even more time. So we'll see. Shit, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, and the final piece of this that I included, Across a Gap of Stars. So this is uh, Joseph Staten, his closing piece for this blog. As you read this month's update and look at the screenshots, you might have the same question I did when I joined the team last fall. What kind of game is Halo Infinite? Infinite's world is incredibly large, and its vast combat zones connect seamlessly to each other. Its vistas are filled with adventures that entice you to stray from the Golden Path story missions. From a distance, it might appear that we're building an open world game, but that's not really the case. We're making a Halo game, a sandbox shooter where our goal is to make you feel like the most powerful actor in a rich, emergent sci-fi combat simulation. For example, if you zoom into some of this month's screenshots, you catch glimpses of the wildlife that inhabits the ring. Halo Infinite's campaign does not have a crafting system. However, wait, wait, let me me restate this. Halo Infinite's campaign does not have a crafting system, however, and you won't spend time hunting and skinning animals to make better gear for Master Chief. Spartans wear Mjolnir assault armor. They don't need leather boots. What you will spend time doing is plummeting from a rocky overlook into the heart of an enemy patrol, eliminating their leader with a well-struck plasma grenade, using your grapple shot to pull his power weapon off the ground and into your hands, and then empty its magazine into the rest of the patrol, scattering the nearby wildlife back into the burrows. Which is to say, we've designed Halo Infinite so that you're freer than you've ever been to do what Spartan super soldiers do best. Survey a battle space, plan your attack, engage the enemy, deal with whatever surprises the sandbox throws your way, and then rearm for the next battle. What's different this time is that you have more freedom than ever before to choose your path throughout the world. Follow a hidden cave system into a well-guarded fortress. Wind your warthog through a fog-filled mountain pass. Capture a banshee and fly to a floating ring fragment across a gap of stars. 
Are we going to space? Will? Starting SpaceX on Data Halo. <laughs> a strong narrative remains at the heart of the Master Chief's adventure, and your journey between story missions is entirely up to you. So then, what kind of game is Halo Infinite? It's the most open and adventure-filled Halo game ever. It's the Halo game we could only dream about making 20 years ago, and we can't wait for you to explore it. And Will, <laughs> that's yeah. it for the regular news. Great. Everything okay now? Yeah. Just okay. a grand old time. Oh, my God. It's time for Con Another Game Zone! <clears throat> CDL Super Week results, Will. There's a lot. We had a good game, and then we had not-so-good game. Yeah. Well, series, I mean. So I'll just run through these quick. On Monday, the Florida Mutineers went up against the LA Gorillas. It was a 3-1 going to the Mutineers. The Atlanta Fays went up against the Toronto Ultra, 3-1 to go into the Fays. On Tuesday, the Mutineers... Went up against the Paris Legion, but the Legion were like, hey, fuck you, bros. 3-0. Going to the Legion. The London Royal Ravens faced off against the New York Subliners, and it was a hot 3-0 going to the London Royal Ravens. Just kidding. New York Subliners. <laughs> See, I wish that was the case with us when we went against them, but that's coming up in a little bit here. And then the Minnesota Rocker went up against the Seattle Surge, and we whooped their asses 3-0 on that front. On Wednesday, the Dallas Empire... Face off against the London Royal Ravens, but the Ravens coming off that big loss, the subliners are like, we're not going to go down so easy, but instead they went down to a fairly close 3-2 going to the Empire. The LA Thieves face off against the Seattle Surge. This is another close one, 3-2 going to the Thieves. And then up to Chicago, asserting dominance over Toronto Ultra 3-1. On Thursday, the Minnesota Rocker got their teeth kicked in by the New York Subliners 3-0, where it wasn't even a close 3-0, and we lost 6 nothing in the fucking search. Opt to Chicago faced off against the LA Gorillas and won that handily in a 3-1, and then the Atlanta Faze faced off against the Mutineers, and again, it was a 3-1 going to Faze. On Friday, the LA Thieves faced off against the London Royal Ravens with a 3-1 going to the Thieves. Toronto Ultra... Uh, lost to the Paris Legion. Legion winning their series 3-2. to two. And then the Dallas Empire in a crazy, crazy reverse sweep fashion over the New York Subliners wins it 3-2. to two. Phenomenal series. On Saturday, February 27th, yesterday, we had the Atlanta Fays going up against the Paris Legion. The Fays win it 3-2. to two. We, the Minnesota Rocker, face off against the London Royal Ravens and beat them 3-0. And finally, the Toronto Ultra took on the LA Gorillas in another hotly contested five-game series, but this time going to the Gorillas 3-2. Today's matches include the New York Subliners against the Seattle Surge, which I would imagine the Subliners should win. Optic Chicago go up against the Florida Muneers, which I imagine Chicago should win. And the Dallas Empire go up against the LA Thieves, 
That's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. It's probably the premier match, and that's probably why it's the last one. Yep. And uh, I honestly think it could go either way. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see how the cookie crumbles. You were, uh, what was that? Uh, Bruce Almighty? Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, I have, we haven't heard a reference like that in a long time, Will. There you go. Cookies crumbling up in this bitch. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Will, what'd you think? Did you watch any of the CDL Super Week stuff that happened? Uh, not as much as I wanted to. Um, I think I watched our part of our series that we won. Yeah. You, you had messaged me. You texted me when we were facing off against the subliners. Yeah. You're like, Hey, do you, do you know when the rocker play? Like we're playing right now and we're fucking losing. Yeah. I was at work and I, I didn't know the exact time. So I texted you and you're like, yeah, we we lost. Oh shit. It was so bad. It was so bad. But we we bounced back, so there there was that. But you know what are you gonna do? All right, introducing the next generation of VR on PlayStation. Today, I'm pleased to share that our next generation VR systems will be coming to PlayStation Five, enabling the ultimate entertainment experience with dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity. Players will feel an even greater sense of, pre- of presence and become even more immersed in their game worlds once they put on the new headset. We're taking what we've learned since launching PSVR and PS4 to develop a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. It will connect to PS5 with a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience. One of the innovations we're excited about is our new VR controller, which will incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense wireless controller, along with a focus on great ergonomics. There's still a lot of development underway for our new VR system, so it won't be launching in 2021. If you can get a fucking PS5 anyway. Jesus. Good luck with that. You want a PS5? Nope, nope. Bots and scalpers. That's that's where you got to go. Will, do you want to explain? No. (laughs) No, you can't get this shit. You just can't. Will tried. I tried so hard, people. Will tried. Give me a PS5, please. But the best part is, is that after that failed, not because of you, but because of everything else going on, you sent me a picture. I'm not missing out again. And you're following like every Twitter account that puts out like notifications as to when they're available. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. It's great. I even turned on notifications for those accounts. Your phone's going to be like dead midway through the day because of all the notifications you get from those accounts. <laughs> Wario64 posts a shit ton. He does. He does. He really, really does. I turned off notifications from him, but I, I like, I still watch, I look, I look at his tweets every day, but like, I, yeah, I turned off notifications for him too. It's just wowzers. All right. So this is, this next one is kind of sad um, because I, I generally, I genuinely saw the potential that this project had. And I was hoping that it was going to be able to pull kind of like a no man's sky reversal. And, uh, so 
Anthem Development Ceases, Bioware to Focus on Dragon Age and Mass Effect. This is by Rebecca Valentine of IGN. So from Christian Daly of Bioware, he states, 2020 was a year unlike any other. How 2020 was a year like any other, however, and while we continue to make progress against all our game projects um, at Bioware, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our, predict- our productivity and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting under undue stress on our teams, he wrote. I know this will be disappointing to the community of, of Anthem players who have been excited to see the improvements we've been working on. It's also disappointing for the team who've been, who are doing brilliant work. And for me personally... Anthem is what, is what brought me to Bioware. In the last two years have been some of the most challenging, rewarding experiences in my career. Game development is hard. Decisions like this are not easy. Moving forward, we need to laser focus our efforts as a studio and strengthen the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles while continuing to provide quality updates to Star Wars The Old Republic. And then Daily also, also notes that Anthem's existing live service will continue running as it is now for the foreseeable future. So for those who don't know... Anthem was going through a complete overhaul, basically, yeah. like No Man's Sky was going through. No Man's Sky uh, had their rebuild of what was called like No Man's Sky Next or something like that, uh, or No Man's Sky Beyond. It was something Beyond, to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it came out, did great. They continually are adding up like in, uh, stuff to it all the time, still are, and the game just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and people are really loving it. And... Will, you and I played with Joey. Um, we got EA we got EA Origin Access Premiere when it used to be called that. Yep. And we did it for a month so we could play Anthem. I basically, like, I was pushing it on you too because Dom, I was genuinely excited for it. Dom got it too. Yeah. And, I, like, I was genuinely excited for this because it felt like besides all the PR bullshit of the pre-recorded comms that they did during the E3 showcase and shit. Oh, yeah. It just looked different and it looked cool. I mean, in theory, everyone has their own customizable Iron Man suit. Yes. And you can fucking just fight how you want. And be in the air and fucking fly anywhere. It just yeah. looked awesome, right? And then the game came out and it was a fucking disaster. Like, it didn't hit any of the, like, the, the pure definition of overhype was for that game. And I was part of that problem because I was genuinely excited about that title. Well, like, even so, like, the the combat didn't feel meaningful. No. The loot wasn't meaningful at all either. No, it didn't didn't feel like you were, yeah. The narrative was non-existent. The the repetition required, it was was worse than Destiny. Yeah. It just wasn't worthwhile of an experience to have. And then, and, and the reason why I was so excited for this is because you had, you had Bioware coming off of, I'll just put it bluntly, a bad fucking game in Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, that game was not good, okay? If you liked it, good for you. That's your opinion. But arguably, that game is just not good. And this was their chance to really... This is our brand new IP. We're starting from scratch. We have these grand ideas. We know how to do a sci-fi story and experience unlike any other with the original Mass Effect trilogy, regardless of people's thoughts on the ending of the trilogy, whatever... The journey that got you to that point was unlike anything else that existed before. They have that type of pedigree. Dragon Age Origins was an incredible game. Dragon Age 2, meh. Dragon Age Inquisition kind of got back to those roots. Was a good game, right? 
they have the pedigree available to make something special. You have Star Wars KOTOR. Like, they have that, right? And then to see all this come out and just, like, implode within themselves. It was terrible. And I, I always, in the back of my mind, I always thought, like, they have the potential to make something special with Anthem. And I was really hoping that their update or their reboot of what they were going to do was going to be that, was going to be their No Man's Sky. It's just, unfortunately, is never going to be a thing now. Now, what is not included in this article, but was what was talked about is, and I didn't even know fucking this will, the new Dragon Age game, apparently that was going to have a multiplayer component. How? And oh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Now it's not. Now they're focusing their efforts on making a strictly single player game. And frankly, I say, yes, that's what it should have been yeah, from the get go. Right. Why the fuck were you going to try to force feed a multiplayer component into that? It doesn't work well. I just, oh my God, it, it blew, it blew me away that EA were like, oh, we're committed to making single player experiences. And then it comes out that, oh yeah, we're going to add multiplayer to this fucking main, like what is to be a single player game? Smooth move guys. So I'm glad to see that that is going to be strictly single player again. I just can't, I just can't believe it. Um, oh my God. And then, yeah, Eric says EA doing EA things. Absolutely. Did they show off anything for Dragon Age multiplayer? No, they haven't shown off anything at all. Like literally nothing. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that was going to work. And then he's, uh, Dave says Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was actually kind of good, but that it, yes. And it also allowed you to like, it also allowed you to gather resources to be used in the main game, which is kind of that cool aspect. You could take things out of there, put it into the single player. That was kind of cool that the back and forth there, but then Andromeda, Andromeda, I think had multiplayer, I think. And that was just shitty. And I just don't force it. If you don't fucking need to like, come on guys. You're smarter than that. But I, but at the same time, it's about money, and I get that. Business is business. They're just fucking stupid. All right. Thing I'm super excited about. Nickelodeon to expand Avatar The Last Airbender with creators. First up is an animated film. This is by Rachel Rang of Entertainment. Nickelodeon is launching Avatar Studios, a new division to create original content spanning animated series and movies based on the world of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. The network announced Wednesday during Viacom CBS's Investor Day pr presentation. Original creators and executive producers Michael DiMartino and Brian uh, Konietzko, I probably mispronounced that, will lead the studio as co-chief creative officers. The first project is already lined up, an animated theatrical film set to begin production this fucking year. And daddy's excited. Oh. <sighs> And Josh, yes, you should play through Mass Effect 3. Regardless of people's thoughts in the ending, the, ga the game is still fantastic. And the final piece of Cotton Other Games Watch that we have here is Destiny 2021 update, The Road to the Witch Queen. This is by Bungie. So Will and I play Destiny. We use this segment to talk about other games in the space. This is their, this is their big annual blog where they talk about the future of what destiny is going to be. 
And considering we haven't really known what the future is going to look like besides the two, um, what, what the witch queen and Lightfall that they announced, we don't really know what's going to happen past that. Right. Or in between that. So this blog helps highlight a few of these things. So, uh, I also try to condense this as much as possible as well. So here we go. As we began to scale production on the Witch Queen last year, we made the difficult but important decision to move its release to early 2022. We also realized we needed to add an additional unannounced chapter after Lightfall to fully complete our first saga of Destiny. We've long thought about moving Destiny's annual release to the early half of the year, primarily for the health of the team, but the Witch Queen and not being tied to legacy expectations allowed us to make this choice early for three important reasons. The Witch Queen represents an important evolution of the, in the ongoing story of Destiny 2. Beyond Light built the foundation and allowed us to weave the world building of Destiny and Destiny 2 together, but the Witch Queen will light the fire on a strongly interconnected narrative across Lightfall and beyond, unlike anything we've ever attempted before, with characters, arcs, heroes, and villains that persist over multiple future releases. The thing that I love about that, Will, is... Every Destiny release, right, it has been, like, Destiny 2 released in the main campaign, you go and fight, what, Callus, Right? Gaul. Gaul. You go and fight Gaul. People were thinking, like, oh, he's going to be, like, the raid boss or something like that. But, no, you kill him, and then he's dead. Like, that's it. The thing I love about this is that hopefully now we have a villain that transcends that we build up to, and he or she gets bigger and bigger and then we have this giant climactic finish and send off to the, this arc of stories store a uh, destiny story. That's what I'm hoping for because I'm sick of these very small self-contained campaigns that don't expand on anything further after they're done. Even more importantly, the conclusion of these releases will also conclude the light and darkness saga. The conflict we first introduced with the launch of destiny many years ago. As we've been developing the Witch Queen, we realized that we needed this release to be the first of many moments crucial to the story of Destiny. With so much leading to and dependent on what happens in the Witch Queen, we wanted to make sure that we gave ourselves enough time to build out this journey in the right way, starting with an exceptional first chapter in the Witch Queen. With Destiny now committed to being an everlasting, evolving world, we want to make sure we are still taking the time to upgrade the, uh, the systemic foundation of Destiny 2 to support everything we want to do in the future. Our ultimate vision for Destiny 2 still stands. A definitive action MMO. A unified global community where you can play Destiny anywhere with your friends. For 2021, this means upgrading our approach to keep Destiny's weapon and armor game fresh, refining our vision for PvP, implementing transmog and adding crossplay. More below. Finally, in the most important reason, we are proud to be uncompromising when it comes to our commitment to the health of our teams. With COVID-19 keeping us away from the office and the large amount of work on our uh, and the large amount of work on our plates, we needed to move the date to, uh, to in order to make sure that both this year's updates and the Witch Queen were both delivered at the quality we strive for and on a schedule that made sense for everyone involved. So let's dive a little bit deeper into these concepts. And again, I trim this down. Rewards that matter. We've made the decision that any weapon or armor that can currently be infused to max power will continue to be able to reach max power permanently. 
starting in season 14, you won't be cap. We won't be capping the infusion on any weapons or armor that have not already reached the cap as of the start of season 13. This means you'll be able to take your trustee, your fallen guillotine and all the high stat armor you've earned this year to take on the raid in the witch queen power play starting in season 14. We will only be raising the power cap by 10 for each non expansion season. This means if you reach the maximum power in season 13, when the next season rolls around, you'll be directly in the 10 point pinnacle band of the power pursuit. Okay. So let's make that point clear from the sounds of this powerful rewards won't get you anything anymore. It'll just be for stat rolls, specific pieces that you're looking for to complete a set, so on and so forth. Yeah. And then you'd have to use your pinnacle completions in order to bump that up further. Well, that's a lot better than having to go through the powerful grind right off yes. the bat. Yes, couldn't agree more. So Agreed. It's just now you. now my question is, do they make some of these powerful reward systems into pinnacle reward systems? Or like to give people more opportunities or do you just keep the ones that they are? And that's that. Because the thing I'm worried about is like not necessarily the dying off of anything, Mm -hmm. but like if you don't have anything to go for by doing this specific activity, why would I do that specific activity? So I don't know. Like that's, that's just one of the thoughts in my mind, right? Sure. Angels of death. First, in Season 15, we'll be addressing three peaking in Trials and Competitive. In these modes, emotes will be disabled, and players will be unable to pull out any third-person weapon that doesn't have ammo. Third-person experiences are are part of what makes Destiny's gameplay feel so good, but it was clear in our most competitive arenas that these mechanics were being used in ways we did not intend. This is a tricky problem to solve in Destiny's complicated sandbox, but we think this is a good starting point. Second, over the next several seasons, we'll be making changes to stasis and light subclasses in order to achieve a healthier balance of subclasses in the Crucible. Across season 13 and 14, we'll be adjusting stasis in the Crucible in order to bring its overall effectiveness in line with our light subclasses. Now, there is a lot more PvP stuff included as of like trials and how they're trying to make it more to where rewards will be like more inclusive if you don't go flawless on a card because right now it's like flawless or bust. Yeah. So they're trying to make it so you can earn more things if you don't go flawless, which is fantastic. Like give more people an opportunity to play um, and get stuff. And so there's more PVP stuff. Read through that. It gets further and further into the weeds and I don't want this to drag on for too long, but if you're a PVP guy, read it up. Praetith's Revenge. In Season 14, the Vault of Glass will return. The team will have a lot more to say about it before launch, but there are a few things I'd like to clarify now. Our philosophy behind bringing things out of the Destiny Content Vault is to keep them feeling uh, like the content you remember while updating them to meet Destiny 2 difficulty and raid standards. So, while the high-level experience remains the same, you should expect the raid team to have a few tricks up their sleeves when you tackle the depths of Venus this summer. Vault of Glass will also launch with both a contest mode in the first 24 hours and a world first race. Since this is a reprised raid, we're going to do world first a bit different. 
players looking to claim the belt will not only have to complete the raid, but also a curated list of challenging triumphs. And while only one fire team will walk away with a belt, there'll be plenty of opportunities for players to earn the ability to purchase some sweet real world loot through Bungie rewards. One last thing before the end of the year, we're also looking to add a master version of vault of glass. Well, you'll be able to earn other rewards as well. Getting reacquainted with Adelaide. In season 14, Ada 1 is returning to the tower. And with her comes the ability for players to take any armor they have in their collections and turn it into a universal ornament. In Destiny 2, we will call this transmog system Armor Synthesis. Every season, Ada will offer players a set of bounties that highlight various activity types. Players can complete these quests and receive the materials they need to power up Ada's loom, which can turn any piece of armor in your collection into a permanent universal ornament. Players short on time will also be able to purchase synthesis tokens for silver. So you have to... <sighs> I already hate it. I hate that statement a lot. And I also don't like how you're tied to having to complete in-game shit. More bounties for... To unlock something that should have been there from the get-go. It's stupid as shit. Once you've acquired some new universal ornaments, you'll want to head over to the new appearance screen in the character menu, where you can manage the ornaments all on all your gear in one place. You'll also find that you can apply shaders here individually or on all pieces of your equipped gear with one click. To make it even easier to try out a bunch of new looks in Season 14, we've also changed shaders to be permanent unlocks, meaning you no longer will need to hold okay. on to stacks of shaders in your inventory. Thank fucking God. Another thing that should have been there from the beginning. But now my question is, let me, I'm going to read the last paragraph here and then I'll state what I'm going to say, okay. unless it's stated here. I think I have an idea. Okay. At the beginning of season 14, we'll be including a starting supply of synthesis materials as a reward for completing the seasonal onboarding quest. We know many of you have been looking forward to synthesis for a long time. We want to front load your ability to create some of the looks you've been looking forward to showing off. Your thought. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, I hate that you have to get materials from bounties to do this with the, with the armor. Yes. Um, the shaders being a permanent unlock once you receive one is great. So my assumption is in the new appearance menu, you will have like a side thing that is um, your armor visual and then your shader visual. And then that will apply to any armor you equip or instead of having to go into each individual piece and equip that that shader or the uh so i'm I'm not able to bring this up like for the for the live show but this is what it looks like okay for the appearance customization so you have the shader up at the top yep. and then you have your universal ornaments at the bottom so you still have to do it for each each piece of equipment though it looks like it although they said that you can apply the shared shader to all pieces at the same time so i don't know my question though is What's the, what is the payment structure going to be for applying shaders? Is it still just going to be glimmer and that's it? Or do you have to use the synthesis materials? I don't think Good you point. would have to, but that'd be the stupidest thing in the world. Because you're not making a piece of armor. Right. You're just using a shader that you've acquired. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're permanent. They're going to be permanent in the future. Like that's fantastic. Um, Dave says, uh, what do we? What are we fighting after light and dark? Water, 
<laughs> I'm so happy that they're looking into the peaking. Agreed. Now can we please get rid of Felwinter's lie? Nah, they're bringing it, baby. Uh, Dave says, from the sounds of it, you can either click one spot for all five or you have to pick one for each slot. And then some of the conversation make it sound like you can put one in a slot and hold a button to apply it to the five. Okay. We'll just have to wait and see. And then finally, combined fire. Crossplay is coming to the masses in season 15. We'll be doing some internal rollouts and alpha tests in season 14 to prepare for a widespread launch this fall. With crossplay, you'll be able to play with your friends no matter what platform you call home. And don't worry, we won't be matching console and PC players together in the Crucible unless PC players specifically invite their console friends to play with them in the PC Crucible pools. Some of you noticed that Ikora Ray has not been nearly as present recently in Destiny 2. We've missed her as well. Not only will you see Ikora again in Season 14, she'll be playing a pivotal role in The Witch Queen. In Beyond Light, we introduce stasis subclasses. Like Solar, Arc, and Void, stasis will continue to evolve into a fully supported damage type. In Season 15, we will introduce our first round of legendary stasis energy and power weapons. There will be a lot more info here as we get closer to the fall. More recently in Season 13, we rolled out Phase 1 of our new Gilded Title system where players can guild our ritual titles like Conqueror, Unbroken, Dredgen, and Flawless each season. In Season 14, Phase 2 of Gilded Titles will roll out. When players guild a title, it will now also display how many times that player has been gilded in the past. So, basically, a lot of this stuff is not coming until five, six months down the line. Yeah. Because each season's three months long. We're in Season 13 currently. There you go. And that does it for COD and other games watch, which means it's time for Wales Avengers with the nail overs. Well, what you play last week? Um, I played two games. I didn't do much throughout the week, but I played Rock Band on Friday, and I guess. He's- I was in a very long D&D campaign yesterday. Yes, you were. Yeah. Was there from, I mean, I got there at 1030 and I didn't leave there till what, like eight, a little after eight. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Jordan, yeah, I got invited. Um, I created a character for a, I just joined for one session. They obviously want me to come back for more, but. Uh, time constraints might be difficult with that. They meet every other Saturday and they just play all day. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I, um, my character was looking for a magical item. I led the party down into a hidden dwarven, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Basically like, a um, underground, dwarven ruins things like that where there was a bunch of treasure uh we fought a big bad boss we all pretty much went i went down twice um and we uh did you get back up again i got knocked down but i got up again ain't nobody gonna keep you down but it was pretty the 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 last fight was what took the longest it was probably like a two to three hour fight um and yeah it was good stuff it was good stuff i got shot by my teammate um, <laughs> it's the first reason I went down and then, uh, the big bad guy exploded at the end and knocked all of us down and made us deaf. Like, you like a giant bomb had gone off. So it was kind of cool. Like 
um, you know, everyone's like coming to after being this like giant explosion went off in the room and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. It's a good time. Very nice. What about yourself, Josh? What'd you play? I played some games, believe it or not. Uh, I played some call of duty, black ops, cold war. I bought it as it's on sale on BattleNet. I'm a fucking loser, but Hey, said I wasn't going to get it. I got it. I also bought the Minnesota rocker pack, but that's besides the point. So played some multiplayer. Um, and then we played some zombies, the new outbreak mode. You could preview it. Not that great to be completely honest. Jordan can attest to that as well. It just wasn't, wasn't super fun. Um, we're, when we play again, we're, we're just going to do traditional zombies. It'll probably be more involved, but, uh, it's, it's true. And it's, it was already confirmed. We already knew this, but now it's absolutely confirmed that I'm just a better COD player than Josh. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, and, and Josh, if you say anything, you're wrong because I know I am, but the, the, you know, the kill feeds proved it and the, the scoreboards proved it as well. Um, <laughs> but you haven't won to be one them yet. It doesn't matter. I, I brought up when you guys one V one each other and you just fucking destroyed them. Yep. Um, Josh says, see, it's not great for you guys since you aren't more involved with the zombie stuff. What are you talking about? You fu- you kill zombies. And that's what we're doing. We killed a lot of zombies. Uh, Jordan says they already announced some big changes to the new zombies. That's great. Yeah, like I said, Josh, when we when we go back and play again, we just need to play traditional zombies, you know, to get the get the fill there. So yeah, I played some played some Cold War. Some of the maps fucking suck in that game, straight up. You already knew that well, but like, th- oh my god. Um, I've been playing some Call of Duty Mobile again, Will, and I bought a. So when I I switched back to iPhone, obviously. I uh, I was looking for a controller to put my phone into. So the Razer Kishi, they have an iOS one. I had it for the Note when I had that. Didn't really like it a lot. There's a company called Backbone, and they released a controller called the Backbone One, and it's phenomenal. They even have their own app. And this is not an ad, by the way. They have their own app. And you know how, like, on a so on an Xbox controller, PlayStation control, controller, what it is, they have their dedicated home button. This has that too. And you press it and it opens up the app immediately. And it shows all the games that you have. It launches right into them. And it's, it's crazy how fucking seamless it is. Honestly, like I'm dumbfounded at how seamless it is. So as of right now, with the limited time that I've had on it, the backbone one controller for iOS has my recommendation. It's great. Um, so I played that Dom and I played through the gears of war five hive busters campaign DLC. You can beat it in about three hours. <laughs> it was not good. There you go. I, him and I feel like two of the only people in the world where we did not like gears of war fives campaign. We thought that the the open world aspects of it were monotonous and not needed at all. Let you don't, so we, I made the comparison a long time ago on this show how God of War, the new God of War, that side content where you go explore the different islands and you find different things, that felt meaningful because yeah. you're getting stuff, right? Yeah. 
the side content in the Gears of War five campaign is completely monotonous and not needed at all. It's the polar opposite of what, of what God of War did, right? While trying to keep some of that same structure, we can go off the beaten path and, and do all this shit. To me, the hive busters campaign did not need to exist at all. Like it was, it was a, it was an introduction into that, into the mode that they introduced in that game where you have to like escape from uh, a location that's filling with gas and shit. But the, the campaign itself was stupid. You didn't feel an attachment to any of the characters because it was so short of an experience. They, there were, there were segments of the campaign DLC where it just dragged you along and you had to wait. And it was just boring. It's just completely not needed. And the fact that Dom and I still had disconnect issues I was playing on the Xbox Series X. He was playing on PC. He dropped out three times in the three hours that we played it. Just fucking terrible. So the Gears of War 5 Hive Busters DLC campaign does not get my recommendation. Not that it matters. <laughs> I played some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and I kicked my niece's ass. So she, I love her, by the way. She's incredible and she loves video games and it's amazing. I'm not shitting on her for that. She, uh, she was talking some mad shit. She wanted to face me. Okay. She thought she had what it takes to take down the master. And the best part about my niece, the one, I love her so much. Her favorite character, her main is Link. That's my, that's my main as well. And she, and I didn't tell her that before she started playing it. Her, she just, her main is Link and it's, and she's amazing. Uh, we had one close series we, we play five stock, no items because duh. And we played on all battlefield stages. I really made it difficult for her, but uh, no, it was a hell of a lot of fun. She was getting fucking into it. I'm so proud of her and I can't wait to see how much better she becomes because she, she told me, she totally flat out. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to stop till I beat you. And I'm like two things. One, you're not going to, but two, yes, keep doing that, please. I think that's awesome. She has that drive. Um, so just fucking cool. And then finally, I'm playing some world of Warcraft. I started a beast master hunter because you can play any character you want up to level 20. And they have a really cool introduction zone that leads you into battle for Azeroth, which is the expansion that came out before the newest one of shadowlands. So it's just cool stuff. We'll see. Um, no outriders. No. What happened? What was, was Josh talking to shit? <laughs> Here you go. So Dave says, are you going to mute Dave too? Because I think you should fuck. Uh, yeah, quit spamming Dave. <laughs> Go take your shower, Josh. Cool off. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Dave asks, what's up, Obetta? How's it going? Where's your info, dude? What's this rainbow road? Tell us your secrets. Um. So Dave asks, no Outriders? Will, did you know that the Outriders demo is out right now? I've heard, yes. Apparently, there's a tweet we need to check right now. Oh, shit. Check the tweet that just dropped. The tweet 
the fucking tweet. I'm Live right. intel coming in right now. 2020 is the year of FFA. Hold on. I'm. You have it? Yeah. Yo. What's up, dude? Yo. How are you? What's up, Dylan? Martin, how's it going, guys? Yeah, man. Good. What year is it? Uh, 2015? 2016? Are we back in? I don't know what we're at. Yeah, it's too like, old it's like for a, this. Okay, it's, like a, it's like a, it's like a call back from 2015. Oh my gosh, man! Is that, is that what I should name this call right now? <laughs> is this like sleeping a under main stage? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's a fuck. It's like a Skype call <laughs> or a Discord call. Two to gods joining the call for me. Um, so let's go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into it. So we blue team tournaments. We got some big tournament plans this year. Wanted to see if. Uh, Two TO legends want to be a part of it. You know, for you, Dalton, I'm down. If only if Martin's down. If Martin's down, I'm down. Well, if Dylan's down, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> All right, well, sorry, 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 <laughs> nah, yo, what, what's going on? Fill us in. All right. Uh, so this is what we got planned, man. Don't DMCA me. Project Rainbow Road. There's fucking six organizers included in this. Road to Infinite FFA series. Yo! Main announcement coming soon. Our great journey begins. There you have it. Holy moly. Breaking news here on HCS Pro Talk. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking exciting. The Road to Infinite FFA series. Hey, uh, uh, Bobetta, if there's one thing I'm going to say, please, for the love of God, don't let this culminate in a 1v1 tournament. You know? Can we not do that? That'd be great. But seriously, that's, man, that's fucking awesome. The Road to Infinite FFA series. Are you untiming them out? Yes. I, I didn't realize it was 600 seconds, so I apologize. It's all good. Um, thank you for doing that. I got it. I appreciate it. And Bobetta says, FFA is FFA. And it's funny because you, I remember you put out another tweet or I, I think you did. I think you replied to something. You put out another tweet. That was, that was that FFA is FFA. It makes sense though. Rainbow road, everyone wearing their different armor colors. It's true. That's really that's smart, man. Ah. Fuck. We never got it. No. Oh shit. Shit. Oh, the mod. Yeah. The mod goes away when you, uh, when you get a ban or timeout. I mean, you know, maybe you shouldn't be fucking shit posting, Dave. I mean, he wasn't shit posting. Shit posting. He's no longer a sword of Sangi. I'm just kidding. How do I fix that? Just mod him. Do you need me to? Got it. You got it. It says it. It tells me to unmod him. Shout out to Click Gaming too. Right, tell Ryan he sucks. Oh my god. Um, but Dave, in, in an honest response to your question of not uh, playing Outriders, uh, no for me personally. It's 
I've watched people been I've watched people playing it. I love the synergy that the classes have with one another. I think that looks fucking cool. It's just I don't think that the game would engross me enough to just keep playing it. Um I do love how it's also cross play across every platform at launch. That's fucking cool too. But no, I have not played the demo. I just haven't. I've watched everybody else play it. I don't need to play it. I'm good. The story was pulling you? Yeah, I we'll see. I, I hope the game does well because it, it, it just means that more people have an opportunity to do cool, crazy shit. Um, so. Yeah. I just have not played it. And I don't probably, I probably won't anyway, but whatever. But yeah, that's, that's all I played for the week. So will, did you figure it out or, um, it shows for me to unmod him. Like he's still modded. Uh, you might have to refresh. It shows he's gone for me. I'll reload. I don't know how to, is it just a command? There it is. Exclamation point I got mod. it. I think it's slash mod space. The name of the user, uh, but it, it's done. Um, okay. Will. Yes. It's time for some shout outs. Button. Shout out to everyone who joined in the community play date that I did not attend. So if you happen to do a community play date, I hope you guys had fun. I think, uh, what was it? Josh and Justin played some MCC. Um, so yeah, fucking great. Um, we will do a community play date this week. And then I also just want to say that the plan is, we typically do uh, customs. The plan is to do matchmaking because I really wanted to do matchmaking the last community play date, but I was unable to attend due to a family matter. So we're going to do matchmaking this week. And then depending upon the amount of people, we'll see what goes on. Um, shout out to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. So from uh, last week, we have Onyx Dev giving a gifted sub to Lanky Sasquatch. So there's that. And then we also have Shot with the eight-month resub. And then just uh, Jordan with the five gifted subs as well. Thank you guys so much for the subs. It is greatly appreciated. Um, happy belated 12th birthday to Halo Wars, the original. And happy belated birthday to Elamite and Shanezer as well. Community creations. We have Halo memes every day for uh, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. We have clips of the week number 95. Mumbo number five by High Tech Redneck. We have Frosty, the Halo 5 montage trailer by Xander Edits. And then we have Goalie Sniper enters the clip of the day ring. This is by Justin LaFleche. Taking inspiration from Scud Puddle and High Tech Redneck, I'm going to post a Halo clip every day until Infinite's release, assuming it comes out on November 15th. Reminder, I'm not good at Halo, so these clips will be subpar at best. And they, they're awesome so far. They have been awesome. I particularly love the one, um, I'm an idiot when it comes to map names, but there's uh, it's the Halo 2 map with the train that rolls through, and... Justin shooting at a warthog that goes through and a warthog just runs up and gets fucking smoked by the train. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check out his clips. Uh, he is at LaFleche 31 L A F L E C H E 31 on Twitter. Will. That's all I got 
for the community creations. We have to add more to the plug section here, but please, without further ado, Will, would you plug the show? Yes. Obviously, find us on your favorite podcast services. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, others as well. Leave us a review. Let us know about the show. Join the Discord. Join the community discussion where I was kind of dropping hints to what was the announcement all week that some people kind of caught on but didn't catch on to. I love how everybody was wrong. I should should have went through and explained those. But um, Oh, yeah. You said you were going to. Yeah, we'll do that later. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Esportspedia. Go check them out. Search for HS Pro Talk on all those platforms. And then we do have our own website, hsprotalk.com, which you can find the link to our merch. And then obviously go check out halopodcast.com for podcast evolved info. There you go. Hell yeah. Anything else? Stay tuned to the after show. Well, we'll have uninspirational quotes, some jokes. I don't just pull them from the book anymore. I find some out there. Very nice. Yes. So. Yes. Tune into the VOD or live show for the after show if you are listening. Bobetta says, check your DMs. Don't mind if I do. Oh, shit. Is there? Is there? I'm not watching it. We're not going to watch it on here because. Okay. All right. All right. We'll get there eventually. But I do love what I'm seeing. Oh, daddy loves what he's seeing. Oh, yeah. You got something in there that's going to be so fucking funny for others. I am excited. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Bobella. Let's uh, let's send it off and get on to the after show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 168. One episode away from nice. Nice. Yes. Want to thank you all very much for listening. Want to thank you all very much for watching. Um, If you missed the announcements, they are at the beginning of the episode with a lot of dramatic buildup and some drum rolls for good measure. So uh, check that out. We're excited for our partnership with Podcast Evolved. We're excited for the interviews that we have coming up for the month of March. And uh, we're excited for the future of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned to the after show if you want to. Check out the VOD. But if you just listen to the audio, I hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time where we talk about some more shit. But until then... <gasps> Rage, thank you so much for the sub! <laughs> Coming in at the last minute. The seventh month resub. Woo! Guys, it's going to do it for us. We'll catch you next week. But until then, bye-bye!